I'm Sonia Rita, and this is Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners or really anyone drawing inspiration from something or someone in their lives. Run coach Jess Parker of Form and Focus joins me today to talk about her running journey and how she came to combine her love of running with heavy lifting to help others be their best, most injury-free running self. Jess has her hands full as a dental hygienist by day and a run coach on the side with so, so many incredible projects on the horizon for her, including a little shift in her own fitness goals that she shares with me you won't want to miss. Welcome, Jess, to Running on Optimism. I'm really happy that we connected and get a chance to chat today. So let's begin with telling us a little bit about your running journey. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I have been running for almost 10 years. I, I ran, I guess I ran in middle school and high school. I ran track and cross country, but I was the slow, asthmatic, chubby kid in the back. Um, (laughs) And I didn't really run after that. Uh, And then I rediscovered running, I guess, 2011. Yeah, so it has been 10 years, 2011. And I, it was more or less like I had done a couple of fun runs. I'd run a couple miles at a time, not for pace. And uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how. So it was like an, a friend of a friend on Facebook had posted something and said, Hey, I just got talked into signing up for a half marathon. Who's going to train with me? And I was like, half marathon. I don't even know how far that is, (laughs) but let's do it. And so I signed up for this half that was like three and a half months after that. Um, So my first half marathon was the holiday half, which is uh, here in Portland. And uh, it was awesome. I, I really did not expect to fall in love with running. I had had kind of some concurrent other like health things going on. um, And it was a really good distraction and actually helped me to pay better attention to my diet as well. Um, yeah, so ran that half, ran another half three months after that. And then my first full marathon about six months after that. Um, and I guess kind of, you know, how running stories go where you fall in love and you get obsessed and I don't even, I don't even know how many half marathons I've, I've done at this point. Cause it was usually just one of those on a whim. Oh, Hey, this local race is happening. Oh, Hey, this one. Um, that's pretty awesome. Cause I have to like plan like months in advance to do like anything so that's pretty cool how did you know how to train and um was it your friend who'd already been running so you no she hadn't been a runner either that was the crazy thing that's what I thought like oh I can like run with someone no um we did like a google deep dive um and found you know free training plans like Hal Higdon or something like that um and then we actually started a blog when we started training for our first awesome. half. So my original blog was We Run for Cupcakes. <laughs> uh, and so we'd blog about all of our training and about befriending like the person at the local running shoe store and learning to do group runs, which are terrifying when you first start. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's kind of how it started. And you know, as far as like jumping in and doing half marathons, if you're already trained for a half marathon and I wasn't really training for speed. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy to be like, oh, there's another half in like a month. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, so that was, it was just really casual that way. Um, yeah, that's kind of the basis of my running story. And then I ran for two years, three years. Um, and much like 
you, I got a stress fracture oh, no. uh, a couple of years into running. So 2014, I believe. And I stress fracture in my right tibia. And I actually ran a marathon on it before knowing that it was oh, a man. stress fracture. Uh, I had a fantastic PT and took two months off running, three months off running. I went through all of the PT, wore the boot, all the things, mm-hmm. got back into it. And I was not a good PT student. <laughs> I graduated from PT and it was really good. And I'm like, ease back into running, take it really slow. And then I ran the Portland Marathon like two and a half months later. Oh man. <laughs> so how did that but, go? What? So did you actually, think it was just shin splints at first? Cause oh, that's yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you're like, oh, shin splints in one leg, huh? That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's really what happened. Um, did you have one of the fun doctor visits where he's like, it's your shin splints, but they're not going away. I'm not really sure. And then they do a scan and they're like, did you just run a race on a stress fracture? That's really not smart. <laughs> yeah. I stopped pretty early. Cause I, I rested and I was like, well, I've rested for a week. I've iced, I've elevated, I've compressed, um, and it's not going away. So I kind of went into my appointment already kind of like, I'm not going to get good news. And it was actually better news than I thought. Um, I mean, yeah. So that's how that went. We're working. Yeah. It's interesting too. And being a runner for, you know, almost a decade, stretch fractures and, or, um, what they call like stress reactions mm-hmm. uh, or like what is it mtss mesotibial stress syndrome i can't remember exactly what it is yeah i'm gonna pretend to sound smart for a second <laughs> is are actually really common um i was just reading something it, it was an instagram post but it was based on a, a study that they were that's what they were referencing that um a lot there are many runners that they will look at their um tibia like their lower leg and they'll have technically what are considered stress reactions in their tibia, but no pain. So I find it interesting too, because then you can go, you go in and they're like, oh, actually there's a stress fracture and it's incredibly painful. So. Yeah. So my, my doctor kind of explained it in that when you're doing this kind of exercise or you're doing this very repetitive activity, you're going to have these, like you said, that like reaction to it and you're constantly getting these tears. It's whether you're recovering from the tears faster than you're making more tears. And so um, he said it could be a a number of things, diet, increase in speed, change in shoes. um, Oh, there's so, there's so many factors. Yeah. Cause you're, it's the stress on your body and it's based on that. Yeah. Yeah. And not being able, like basically my cells not turning over fast enough um, was my understanding. So here I am. Thank bodies. Yeah. I'm not doing what I want it to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then what happened after that marathon that you ran two months after recovering from a stress fracture? (laughs) Uh, I kept running. Um, I, you know, it was like, just, it's been such a deep love of running. Um, after that, after that marathon, I wanted to focus on speed work, Mm -hmm. which, you know, in hindsight, I still did the whole free Google search for how to increase speed and have learned since then that that's a terrible idea. Um, 
And I, I stuck to a particular running method that was very much about volume and about learning to run on tired legs. So mm -hmm. you ran six days a week and your speed work was on your sixth day of running. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ran, I did that for three marathon cycles, four marathon, four marathon cycles and completely burnt out. Com like hated running. I ended up running a marathon with bronchitis, which, Gosh. you know, overtraining can play a part in like decreased immune function mm -hmm. a little bit, but it was definitely like, I was just not, not taking care of myself in that, but, um, no. So twofold, right. I mean, the love of running increased just to be you know, coming back from that stress fracture. I was so happy to be running again. Um, and in that space, I also, part of PT, I have to like shout out my PT because he's the freaking best. Um, I went to strength train. I, that, in that space, he was like, all right, Jess, we are going to sit down and learn about the barbell. Mm -hmm. We're going to learn about strength training because, you know, not that the stress fracture was created from lack of strength training, but this is going to help strengthen all of your running muscles to decrease risk of injury going forward. Um, and I don't really think in that space that he had anticipated how much I would love strength training. Um, but yeah, I, I've been since basically like, I mean, I guess it was a, a small amount with PT in like 2014, but I've been consistently strength training since 2015. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So kind of paired the two together and through trial and error. Um, and then, yeah, so that that's kind of both of those. To, to help out. So, yeah. Yeah. So one of, one of the things that I really enjoy about following you is your love of strength training. Um, and as a person who is basically like, you see me, we're not, we're on zoom. So you can see me. I am a small framed person. Um, and I love seeing you strength train and then doing my strength training. It makes me feel so strong. And that's the, that's the same energy that you put out there. Um, and I really, really appreciate how much you really want to empower women to, to lift because we're all badass and we can all be super strong and open our own damn jars. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Jars. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell you, like now I open all the jars and my husband, I'm like, even if I have to like really crank it, my husband's like, I can do it. I was like, you don't have to, I got this. No. Do you, do you see, do you see my muscles right now? No. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, like right now they're more like Popeye before, like he has his spinach and they actually like go under because no. I haven't really been doing much. But so what, uh, what about strength training at that with your PT? really kind of lifted you, boosted your, your love of getting strong and more badass? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know what exactly the catalyst was in that. Um, yes, lifting initially and learning those movement patterns were really fun. Mm -hmm. That's really fun. But what was it? Was there like one thing? No, you know, I think just the, the idea that I could do something else that was good for my, like something else exercise wise, but that was also going to help make me more resilient in my running mm -hmm. because when I first started running, you know, as you, as you increase mileage and distance and those kinds of things, you get those like 
niggles I call them like it's not really pain it's that discomfort mm-hmm. you know the tight hips and the sore feet and the shins and the whatever else and going through the first few years of running and kind of figuring it out on my own you get worried about those things yeah. and so to be like hey strength training is going to be a great way for you to prevent things like those little niggles turning into injuries and I'd like I hesitate to be like oh it's gonna make you bulletproof but that was the biggest reason for me to start incorporating it. Also, I like learning new things yeah. and I encourage other people to like learn new things. And so that was the biggest thing was like this, this challenge of something new. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that's what kind of sparked that love and continued it. And I was really initially intimidated to go into like a regular box gym and lift. And so I used to like look things up and I was, so I was so, I was a long distance runner, but like 2015, I was also like that person, like totally like Instagram fitspo 2015 2014 like looking up all the crazy exercises people were doing online and trying them for myself but you know you gotta you gotta learn you gotta try things out and like not be afraid to look back and be like what was I thinking yeah (laughs) full full disclosure I I think I didn't have Instagram till like 2016 no maybe 2015 (laughs) I'm like, what is this thing? <laughs> and then, yeah, One more app but, to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, and then, yeah, you you get so much information. I mean, uh, last season I spoke with uh, with Jen Scott, nutritionist um, from yeah, Marathon Mama. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I just, you know, similar to you and her, I like people who um, back what they're saying with actual facts. <laughs> and like actually really good information so how did you turn your love of running and lifting what then kind of catapulted you into wanting to help others because you're by trade you're a dental hygienist yeah and then I coach on the side yeah yeah so I've been I've been in dentistry for 14 years um, and then I have been coaching since 2016 um it really I mean, I guess I've been unofficially coaching since like 2014. Um, And that was kind of how it started was that unofficial coaching. My sister reached out and was like, I really want to run a half with you. Can you train me? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, and I had a couple of friends that did that. And then it was like family friends that had reached out and asked me and just, I like most run, most, I would say new runners, but runners in general, we love talking about running. probably the reason you started this podcast right you love talking about running and so you know there's that standing joke of like how do you know someone's a runner oh they'll tell you (laughs) and so I think that that really helps start those conversations with people where they're like god you love it so much and you've made so much progress like how did you get there and so it started there of me being like oh I can actually help people and I can show them how much they can love running um and that's what helped that's what led me to get my, my, my coaching certification in 2016. And then it just kind of took off from there. Uh, I started, I mean, I, I didn't really start it with the thought of like, oh, I'm going to grow this business and it's going to be so great. It was just more like, I went and got my coaching certification. I went and got my personal training certification so that I had credentials <laughs> to mm-hmm. say that I could do it. Um, and then continued learning. Uh, that's if there's like one theme that we can weave through all of this is I 
not only do I continue to learn and then go back and be like, wow, that was way wrong forever ago, is I encourage all of my clients and you know, my audience to continue learning and don't be afraid to admit that that idea you had five years ago was terrible or the way that you train is way different now because of the things you've learned. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's really how coaching started was just this organic, I really enjoy coaching people and I really enjoy helping others to grow that love of running and do it in a way that's not going to lead to injury or, and that's not going to make them Google deep dive and try to follow the advice of what elite runners do. Yeah. And, you know, everybody is different. Um, Everybody's body is capable of different things. So it's really great to be able to consult with an actual person who knows a little bit more about you than Google. So one thing that you do that is like, that I really find different is you want to make runners less afraid of lifting heavy. Yeah. Which I think is great. Um, I think is great for so many reasons because runners, I I actually just finished reading well a few months ago, um, when at all costs, the story of the Nike Oregon project and, um, what some of those runners went through in terms of, um, equating being a smaller runner to being a faster runner or being a better runner Mm -hmm. and, um, how wrong that is on so many levels. Um, so I'm super interested in just hearing more about lifting heavy, gaining that muscle and what it really does for you as a runner and as a woman. You see the best benefit with your running and the most improvement with your running paired with lifting when you are lifting heavy and by heavy I mean picking up stuff that weighs more than your toddler picking up things that weigh more than your laundry basket than your bags of groceries right um lifting heavy it doesn't mean that you're going out and like becoming a strong man or a power lifter or anything like that it's looking at increasing loads that are sufficient that you can only lift like four to eight times in a set for, for upper body stuff, that's a little bit more, you're looking at like, you know, six to 10, six to 12 times, but lifting heavy, it's not picking up your little pink five pound dumbbells forever. Um, because there's, there's this misconception that you want to endurance lift for endurance running, mm-hmm. um, which is not at all the pathway that, that we want. Um, we want to increase strength because increasing strength can lead to increased power output. Um, increased strength from lifting heavy, you're not going to, I mean, like the hill I will die on, you're not going to get bulky from lifting heavy as a runner, like not, not going to happen. I just like lost my train of thought to like yell about that. Uh, Just with, with strength training. Oh, I was going to say just adding the strength training in one of the biggest benefits that I have seen directly with my clients, because I, I mean, I read the research and I can tell you, oh, strength training does all these things. One of the biggest things I have seen with my my clients in this is better running economy. So being able to run the same pace and distance with much less perceived exertion. So, you know, let's say you're going out for a three mile run at a 10 minute pace. And right now it feels like an RPE eight and a half, right? So on the scale of one to 10, it's like, it feels hard. It feels pretty hard. It's like moderate to hard. With strength training, 
you know, you straight train for a while and I can't give a length of time, right? It's going to be dependent on someone's body and training status and everything else. But so you consistently strength train for a period of time. You're going to go out and run that same three miler at a 10 minute pace. And it's going to feel like an RPE five or six. It's going to help that running economy. So you're running at the same pace, but with less expended energy and less effort. Um, and that's that's one of the, the coolest things I've seen. Obviously that comes too with better training status, better you know, cardiovascular status as well. But to see the those kinds of improvements. And yeah, I mean, the other piece, you have the actual like physical improvements of your health, but the other, like talking about getting strong, it just feels badass, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah to be able to help someone learn to properly lift and be able to go out and like haul their kids around and realize that it's not as hard as it used to be is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And to me, it just seems like common sense, right? Because it's not just your heart muscle that's pushing you forward. So fine. You can run all the miles and be out there for all the minutes and your heart is doing that work. But at some point, you need to help that heart out by providing the structural support from your body to propel you forward. It just seems like common sense, but there's a lot of misconceptions, um, I think, among runners in terms of strength training. And like you said, you know, not always that five, unless like, unless that's really heavy for you, that five pound dumbbell. Um and what's that's where, what's, you, that's where you start what that's where you start right and it's it's working up from there yeah yeah because what's what's heavy for for me might be light for somebody else but it's really based on where you are right now and increasing that when you find that is too easy like uh, yeah. I I just started doing squats and stuff um with my with my dumbbells um I was doing I had gone up to like 20 pounds and to be like totally candid not super heavy but that's where I was and I haven't been doing that because of my recovery and so when I started doing squats again yesterday I was back down to my 10 and that's just the way it is until I can get back up there and the thing that I have found and I wasn't sure if you could comment on this is how much faster I can get to those heavier weights having already done them as opposed to when I started Yeah. So there's a few different things that go into that, but part of it, you know, you're like, oh, maybe it's muscle memory, which isn't really a thing. Yeah. One of the bigger things that happens when you first start lifting, um, you see when you initially start, you'll see progress happen really fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe lifting more, like doing more reps with the same weight or adding weight, that kind of thing. Um, And then eventually it kind of plateaus. You're like, Hey, what the heck? Because the biggest thing that's happening, yes, you're gaining strength, but it's all of the neural connections that are happening. Like that's the biggest thing, like having made those like neural, like new neural pathways, those neural connections that like um, those new motor patterns. I don't, I don't know if you can think back to like learning to properly squat. Obviously like we do some variants of squats and deadlifts when we like bend down to pick something up off the ground, but to learn to properly squat like with a weight, it's really hard at first. And there are times like, I can think back to first learning to properly squat when I was doing PT and just, I was holding like a, I don't even know what, it was a kettlebell and I don't remember what the weight was, but I remember doing sets of like six and just sweating my ass off because it was new. It was new. The movement pattern was new and it was hard. 
Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing, right? So you've already made all of those connections. Um, and so going back to your body, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know how to do this. Okay. Yeah. This, we need to ease back into it, but, but I remember. Yeah. So you already have those. Yeah. And you know, from what's really interesting in, in my recovery, but also in like running and the things that I've learned along the way, um, Izzy has been in PT since she was 13 months old. She's now seven. So even before I was really like into running and exercising, um, I learned so much about how your body learns how to do all of these new things and all the bad habits that you can also pick up along the way and having to relearn how to do things after you've developed bad habits. Yeah. So I find, I find the science of it all just so interesting. So I know that you focus, um, your primary focus is working with women. Yes. And I want to know where, where you draw that, that kind of love for sisterhood. It always, it always feels like a love for sisterhood and a love for lifting other women up to continue breaking glass ceilings. I love, I love that that comes through. That's, that makes me like a uh, mission accomplished. That's so good. Um, that is, that's a good question that I don't know. I have that I have a straight answer to. Um, I, I think you know, I've heard this in many runner stories where you don't necessarily have a running community or a place that you fit in, or, um, you know, I have tried different running groups over the years and, there's some that you fit in with and there's some that you don't you, you know, try different places and make friends and that kind of thing. And I just, I think I wanted to kind of create that for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having seen too many times with runners trying to learn to lift and, you know, not to be like a jerk and be like, oh, you're, they're doing it all wrong. But to see these people who are like afraid to lift heavier or afraid to set foot in a gym or something like that, to be able to create a safe space to be like, heck yeah, we lift heavy. Yeah, we step foot in the gym. You know what? Sometimes we're not going to know what the heck we we want to do or how to do something. Thank God we have our phones with us and we can Google it. Like (laughs) if need be. But like that really, I think it was just more than like necessarily a sisterhood um, in that community. Like, yes, absolutely creating that. But it was more just creating that safe space to say like, we can, we can try this stuff scared and it's okay we can go into something being new and bad at it and you're safe here. Um, that, that is really big for me. Um, and especially too, in, in terms of strength, mm-hmm. um, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit at the very beginning, but, you know, talking about strength physically, but mentally as well, like as a person having that strength, because I see the transition in people when they become a stronger runner, like increasing, like bettering their running economy or a stronger person through strength training, but you see their own strength and their own confidence in that space. And I know that can, that like, I have a hard time saying those things without sounding really cheesy, but there's something that comes from knowing what your body is capable of of challenging yourself. And I mean, that speaks runner, like runners will get it. You go out on hard ass runs and you're like, did I just climb that hill? Oh my God, I can do hard things. Yeah. 
and that that translates and strength training same thing you can like try a weight that you've never touched before in your life and you're like I just shoulder press that for wow okay and then you see that translate into day-to-day life where it's like I just had the strength to sit down with my boss and ask for a raise. Mm-hmm. I just had the strength to, you know, confront these fears or this whatever. You can you see that come out in real life, and that like that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's so true. It's it, and and it, then you realize that you start celebrating the all the things. Like um, one time last spring, I went for a run with my husband. We went for an eight mile run and it was pouring the entire time and it was one of those things that I've been like "Mm, yeah no I'm good and then I go for it wasn't even about physical strength it was about the mental strength to not say yeah you know what it's raining I'm not really in the mood and then I finish the run and I feel that much stronger inside and out and that's you're like I'm such a badass I just ran in the pouring rain yeah that's exactly yeah. it. And, and, you know, you're talking about like dealing with life and how running and lifting um, make you feel like you can tackle anything. So I began running um, when my daughter Izzy was in the middle of chemo. We found a 5k for Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. Never ran a day in my life before. I always like skipped the like mile trial in high school and made yeah. sure that I was like <laughs> super sick. <laughs> and um but I was like, you know what? I can do this. If I can see Izzy going through chemo, going through physical therapy, then I can do this. What I didn't know along the way is how she inspired me, but then I kept taking it to the next level and I inspired me. She continues to inspire me and she's amazing. But I think that as a mom, me recognizing my strength and kind of glowing with it in front of her does a lot for her to continue on her own battle. And I think that when you meet a person, a woman who just radiates that confidence of strength on the outside that translates to her strength on the inside, it just makes you happy. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's totally what I see you putting out constantly, even, I mean, even on your, on your bad days, um, because everybody's going to have shit happen and things are hard, but like you said, we can do hard things. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. There's been certainly some ups and downs this year that I have done my best to continue showing up through. Um, And I think I try to make it a point not to just make how I present myself on social media a highlight reel, which, you know, in, in a lot of ways, yes, like your evergreen posts, like your posts tend to be more of a highlight reel and that's okay. You know, got to announce my engagement this week, which is rad. Um, But Instagram stories, like utilizing that to be like, Hey guys, this is real life. Like, cool. I didn't get dressed today. Like those are, there are those days. Um, and just knowing that, yeah, it's not about, I mean, this podcast is running on optimism and optimism. Like we were talking earlier, that's not saying that you're going to put a sparkly bow on every goddamn day there is. It's recognizing that even on the really shitty days, you can find some good 
And then there's days that you just have to accept that are bad. Like mm-hmm. they're just going to be terrible. And, and it's getting through those and knowing that you're still like finding those things. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I try my hand at gratitude lists every once in a while. And then I realize that I'm like, this makes me grouchy. Oh, does it really? <laughs> I, yeah. It's silly as that sounds. And it's more like, I do better at like taking a step back and like being objective, but to, to give my, to assign myself, find three things you're grateful for. Nine times out of 10, at least one of those items on there is coffee because I'm making this <laughs> gratitude list at five in the morning. Oh. So I think like having it in the back of my mind of being extremely grateful, you know, I mean, that's like this, this season of life for me right now, you know, without getting too heavy, my, my um, partner's father just passed away and it's a really heavy season. Um, and I have to take a step up and be thankful for the things we do have. Um, and so, yes, and I express gratitude and I'm like, yeah, there's some really crappy days. We're planning his memorial right now. And we're you know, going through his estate and all these just like wildly heavy things, but it's knowing I have the strength to get through this. I have support with me and around, I should say with me, around me, um, that, that helps to get through those things. So yeah, that's what, it, you know, saying like bringing this back around to just physical strength and how that plays a part in your day-to-day life is knowing that you have the fortitude to get through hard things. So, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I've battled with depression and anxiety probably since I was 13. Um, and there are so many days that I wasn't sure, like if, if the darkness would lift and having made it through those and having found so much more strength in me is almost like my, my own personal guarantee that whatever darkness there is will always lift. You just have to be patient. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was say one one thing with that that I have to say is they there are still days that are going to be crap and there's still going to be days where you don't feel strong like I don't want to put those where like ah oh, you're strong and you're gonna be strong all the time no sometimes strength comes from just totally losing your shit and having a breakdown and knowing that you are processing emotion and feel like allowing yourself to feel those emotions strength and being optimistic does not mean ignoring those feelings or pushing things aside it means dealing with them <laughs> so I just want to put that out there because I'm like I'm not like oh everything is sunshine and rainbows all the time no two thousand percent I think that and we recently oh we've had so many conversations I mentioned before that um we're thinking about rehoming our dog and yeah I've been crying and you know kind of mourning that loss and I was crying to my husband the other night and I said I feel so ridiculous with all the things that are going on in this world uh, and you know going on in our own lives and that I'm this torn up about this Um, and then I kind of stopped myself and I said no you know what this does suck you feel really shitty about this and it's okay to feel that way it means that you care because if I didn't then I wouldn't be crying and so upset about it. And um, Izzy was trying to stay strong because she saw me upset. And I'm, I used to be the mom who wouldn't let her see me cry. Um, but then along the way, I realized that, that um, she needs to see me cry and she needs to see me get the F yeah, back up again. To, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to see that you're human. Yeah. And so we had a conversation about how sometimes your biggest strength is your ability to be vulnerable and know that um, you might face criticism. You might face people who are like, well, you need to put your big girl pants on and move on and say, no, F you. I don't have to do that right now. I'm going to sit in this right now for a little bit. And when I'm ready, I will put my big girl pants on and grab my coffee. Uh, vulnerability that's a whole nother tangent (laughs) but yeah no that's so true that's such a great thing to be able to teach her yeah yeah so it's really interesting how how the things that we maybe in a way have been taught to see as weakness um has been strength and then you kind of fortify that with all the other good body running and strength type of things so how do you how do you maintain optimism is it is it the running? Is it your community? Is it the lifting? How do you just keep pushing forward? Everyone has, everyone has stories to tell and everyone has been through things. And I had a really tough childhood and that making it through that and not really thinking about having choices to like make through, just like, all right, this is what we're doing. You know, um, I think that that played a huge part in the strength that I have now. Um, and, and to know how much good is in my world versus how much darkness and stuff there was then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is a big part of that. And knowing too, I mean, for the longest time, I carried a lot of those things that I, I went through as kind of a, not a chip on my shoulder necessarily, but a like, I'm not like anyone else. I can't believe I went through these things. And then as I got older and you start meeting more people and realize that everyone has things that they've been through. Everyone has stories, has things that they have shaped them the way that they are. And the older that I get, and I don't say that to be like, oh, I'm old, you know, just the more people that you encounter, Mm -hmm. the more that I appreciate those stories so much to learn why people are the way they are. And, you know, that, so that piece of it is kind of the basis for the optimism, knowing just I've made it through some really tough shit in my life and I'm probably gonna make, through, make it through whatever I'm going through right now. It might not seem easy, but it's just kind of holding strong and taking care of myself and those around me. Um, so in that capacity, um, it's, it's taking care of my physical health and taking care of my mental health. I mean, I guess those would be the easiest things to say are what keep me positive, um, but it's checking in on myself, even, even on those bad days. And that's not necessarily like, oh, you know, taking care of my physical health. That means like I run every day and I lift every, no, it, it means holding myself accountable to what I have programmed as far as running and lifting goes within reason. Um, and taking a freaking day off if it's just not the day, because sometimes it is more about the, the mental health than it is the physical health. So you know, keeping that movement. And even on those days, like I always make sure to go for a walk because movement for my body and this, this is running also. Um, but I don't want this to be a, like running is therapy because mm-hmm. therapy is therapy and it's needed. That's its own whole thing, but running and walk, like even walking movement helps your brain to start moving and help things to process. Um, and so that's one thing I see, um, for that. And then the third piece of it, talking about mental health, um, I'm a huge advocate for therapy, whether or not you're, you know, going through something major or not, or if it's just wanting to have an unbiased objective perspective, 
helps so much, so, so much. So that's, that's a piece of it. Um, and then I journal and I'd love to say that I journal every day. I used to, uh, but that habit has been, I would say like every other day, but just to, just to have that space to, I say word vomit. I know that doesn't sound pretty, but that's more or less what it is. I set, I set a 20 minute timer and I just let everything that needs to come out, come out. It's messy. It's run on sentences. It's whatever it needs to be. And it just helps so much to just get those like initial, like what, you know, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? What am I worried about? What am I stressed about? Okay. Get it out on paper. Um, and I'm not like, I don't like to be someone who's like woo woo by any means. And that's, I mean, not that journaling is woo woo necessarily, but to see the, the calm that comes from being able to just unload your brain mm-hmm. is immeasurable. So, yeah. I, uh, I feel like we should have spoken sooner because I'm like over here, my head's going to fall off. I'm just nodding at everything you're <laughs> saying nodding. because <laughs> Because I'm with you. Actually, the journaling thing is something that I just started doing. I uh, read um, Depression Hates a Moving Target, which I highly, highly recommend. Um, And the author, Nita Sweeney, she talks about how she would, she finally just sat down. She set a timer for 10 minutes and, and whatever for the day. She just journaled. And so I was like, you know what, that sounds like something that I need to do. So that's something I recently started. And I really, really enjoy it. Um, I also think, you know, a year from now, it's going to be really wonderful to look back on where I was a year ago. Where was my head? What was I feeling? And it's just another reminder that whatever it is that you thought was, was, um, insurmountable at that moment, well, you're already a year out. You've, yeah. What is, next for you I know you've got you've got a lot going on with with form and focus so tell me a little bit about what you've got going on you released uh grit uh almost a year ago right yeah yeah it's been a year that was my that was my like pandemic panic like creation actually um my dental hygiene job like dentistry shut down for like two months and I I came home and I think it was like two, two weeks, I busted that thing out. I, I can't even like, I look back on it and I was like, who was that girl? Okay. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, no, that's, I, uh, I can't believe that's been a year ago. Tell me a little bit more about grit. What's in it. What, um, oh what yeah, yeah, yeah. Find. So and grit then- is, is a runner's guide. It's, um, it's geared more towards, I would say beginner runners, but it can be runners in general, um, to just take the place of when you start running to save you from your Google deep dives. It gives you all of the info to get you started. There are beginner and intermediate plans for 5k through the marathon distance that are extreme, that are detailed out. Um, and it's just, it's a, a resource guide. It's not meant to necessarily be read cover to cover, though I've had a number of people that have, um, but it's just, it gives you, it breaks down the science of running. It breaks down um, running form, uh, running types, how to progress, um, just running. T- so like all of your speed work and all your drills, uh, breath, like breathing, wow, breathing. <laughs> um, and then there's a section on, like how to improve your running, like uh, 
through you know, drills or whatever, it breaks that down. Um, yeah, it's it's 110 pages, I believe, of info. Uh, so it's it's jam packed, and it's all like there's a full reference section at the end. So it's all just like science based on that as well. That's really cool. Were you up till like? Did you sleep for those two weeks? Uh, a little. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like it, there were late nights in there for sure. Um, but I was just so. It was like one of those things I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how long I, cause remember we thought that the pandemic was on, we were going to be shut down for like two weeks. So I was like, all right, got to get this done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it something that you already had kind of in your head before that? And it was just the most, it was a good opportunity. Yes. Okay. It started out in my head as a, like, I wanted to create something for runners, like how to get started. Just an easy, like free PDF download how to get started. And then as I started like writing down, okay, I want this in here. Okay. I want, I want to talk about running gait and I want to talk about running form and I want the science of running. Yeah. And let's talk about muscle fibers. Let's, let's talk about the mental part of running too. Like I just kept running. I was like, oh my God, gonna need to make this a whole ebook. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. I love it. So, um, tell me what's next for form and focus because we'll save what's next for you personally, because I know that there's one huge thing next for you personally. So what's next for form and focus? Sure. Yeah. So right now form and focus, I, I have a couple of eBooks and then, um, I've been doing quarterly group coaching, which has been really fun. Um, and then I have my one-on-one coaching, but right now, I am in the process of building a program called Strong Runner Method. Um, and this is basically a way to combine one-on-one coaching with a full curriculum. So what this looks like, it's 12 weeks. So you get three months of one-on-one run coaching with me. Uh, it is a strength training template and then a curriculum. So the curriculum is like weekly modules that break down all of your strength training basics. So it will teach you your movement, basic movement patterns. So squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, um, et cetera. You will have video breakdowns of each of those. Um, there's a whole section on running basics and how to bust through that running plateau or how to progress your running um, with homework. And the homework being like, learning about RPE and RIR, learning about certain things and applying those in your runs for that week. Um, there are, so there's that strength training template as well that will continue on. And then there's a whole section on mindset. So improving your mindset as it directly relates to running, improving like mental endurance with that, improving mental strength with, um, life in general and how to incorporate that. So then that, like, those are your first three. So running basic strength basics and mindset. And then that kind of all funnels down into putting it all together. So the last uh, module of that is how to, how to program yourself. If you want to learn, it's how to, I'm going to say balance. Cause I think balance is bullshit, but how to make running and strength training fit in with your life mm-hmm. in a way that works for you. It's how to put in that mindset piece with your running, with your lifting um, and put it all together. So yeah, that's, that's what's next for, for form and focus is, is a strong runner method. Um, I have a tentative launch date of the first week of August, um, but I'm, I'm making my way through all of the videos right now um, to create that curriculum because I, 
I'm a firm believer that education is just as important as my coaching because believe it or not, I would like all of my athletes eventually to be like, just, I can do this on my own. I don't need you anymore. You've taught me enough. I know how to structure my plans. Thanks for everything. You know, not that I don't love my clients, but I would like them to feel, you know, because we, we talked about strength and about empowerment. I want them to feel empowered enough that they could go out and do it on their own. That being said, I know accountability is a huge part of coaching. So there's that piece, but yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned that because that was going to be my next thing that I was going to point out is how when you are building this program, you're not only empowering people um, by helping them run, helping them strength train, but the empowerment that comes from knowing these different terms and the science behind them and why that helps you be able to figure out how to run. It's like the whole, you can, um, you can give a man a fish, right? And he'll eat and for, a him day. for a day. Yeah. Or you can teach him how to fish and he'll eat for his whole life or yep, something. Exactly. I totally butchered that one, but we got it, right? You didn't. You got it right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> so um, that's that sounds really, really great. And I can't wait to see more of that. Have you been doing any like behind the scenes of your your videos, like putting this together? Because I'm totally going to look in your stories and see if I can find. I haven't. I should. I should. Yeah, this this weekend is all video recording set aside for um, I have my my fiance is uh, in video production. So when we when I told him I wanted more lights in the garage. Uh, I wanted lights in general because I have my my mm-hmm. garage gym yeah. and I got softbox studio lighting. So I have <laughs> professional lighting in my garage, which will lend itself to making videos. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. So <laughs> I like the garage door open and working out and people are like, those softboxes? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm working out with. It's fine. <laughs> I want to make sure I see all the angles. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm lit from all sides, guys. This is what we need. (laughs) Full makeup. Professional professional videos coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to let me get away with just like basic videos because I was explaining to him what I was going to do. And he's like, no, let's mic you up. Like, let's put all of this together. So we are going to, this is going to be a production and it'll be fun. So I love it. That's, that's the support we could all use actually. When uh, I started this, when I started this podcast, it's hilarious. So we have a walk-in closet when I started this podcast and I was trying to record the intro and kind of like the trailer for it. (laughs) My, I'm like, I'm laughing because the imagery is probably like, it's just stuck in my head. (laughs) My husband walked into our walk-in closet and I had my like earbuds in the laptop in front of me and two pillows on either side of me. Soundproofing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. He's like, uh, no, he's like, uh, we can do better. And actually he got me this cool, like, um, you have it, you can see it a little bit. Oh, I got yeah. a nice mic and you know, it's a start, but I love the support. Love it. That's awesome. So anything else going on with, I mean, that's pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like four years, five years of coaching kind of all culminating into like 
a brainchild, if you will. So yeah, yeah, like I said, tentative launch on that is the first week of August, but it's really going to be dependent on how well I can put together these videos um, and make that happen. So yeah. And so when someone starts um, working with you, what kind of um, the word supplies pops into mind, but I'm thinking like school supplies, but what, what do they need to get started? Uh, for running or for strength? Or for, for strength, yeah. I mean, running sneakers, but like for strength, what, what do you recommend yeah. to start with? I mean, so, I mean, I have clients kind of all across the board as far as equipment goes right now, just because of COVID, right? I mean, we, we didn't have gyms for a while. So it was what they could get their hands on and it was impossible to find Dumbbell. weights of any kind still can't find dumbbells. Um, yeah unless you want to pay like four dollars a pound it's absurd yes. um no and so I actually I have a few clients that are working primarily with bands so like there's a set that have like the detachable handles that mm -hmm. you can actually get quite a bit of resistance from so you know if we're working out from home I love to be able to see a mix of like dumbbells and or kettlebells from like five to 35 pounds like pairs um, and you can go a long ways with that um, but ideally I mean it's looking at progressing and being able to be in a space where you have heavier weights so being at a gym that kind of thing but you can, I mean you can get started with so little I mean at the beginning of the pandemic I was programming like at-home workouts with people and telling them to find a laundry basket and fill it with books yeah you know brilliant. it's it's making those kinds of things work so long as you're willing to be creative yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. That reminds me of, um, like, it's so funny. I draw like so many connections from like Izzy stuff, but when we did a early intervention, um, therapies, so they come to the home. So she did outpatient therapies in the hospital. When they came into the home, they basically just like looked at everything in the house and they're like, Hey, you know, you can do this with this and she can like use her hands and manipulate this. And I think that it's a, it's valuable to be able to do that because then whenever you travel, you always have the ability to figure out how to work out. You grab a, a jar candle if it's heavy enough and that sort of thing. Yeah. Your suitcase. Yeah. 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 We, you know, pre-pandemic, we used to travel a fair amount and, uh, I used to video all of my like airport suitcase workouts. <laughs> You'd work <laughs> out in the airport? So Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to see those. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll have to find them for you. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been at this point a couple of yeah. years, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. I love that. The motivation is fantastic. Um, so now moving on, what is coming up for you personally? Well, as I kind of mentioned earlier with my fiance I got engaged last weekend so there's that um and then so planning wedding stuff I suppose which is really weird and surreal I have like a ring on my hand now and I'm like oh my gosh this is happening um and then as far as personal so getting married and then I feel funny being on a running podcast because my my running has kind of taken a backseat. Um, I'm a firm believer in seasons in life, and I uh, I'm actually competing for the first time in powerlifting in August. So I have I I run you know a couple times a week. I have no pace or distances set. It's more just like for me. Um, and then I I'm lifting 
mostly. So yeah, that's uh, my first competition is the third weekend in August and I'm still wrapping my head around what that's going to look like. I still need to order myself like a singlet, you know, like what? Yeah. 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 So I got to figure all that out still. So I'm not familiar with powerlifting at all. I mean, I thought that CrossFit is not that CrossFit is a whole nother animal. So what is, what exactly is power? It is. You're okay. like, no, what, you're what totally is- fine. Yeah. Um, it is. So it's barbell based. Okay. It is three different lifts. So the, the way that the meets work, you can compete in like singular lifts or all three doing all three. So, and then it's like your total from all of those weight wise. So it's barbell back squat, barbell deadlift okay. and bench press. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's what I'm focusing on. So you, you go work? in, so it is based on, um, you compete, you're in weight classes, which oh. is a whole, whole thing it was very weird to be like, I need to go weigh myself to sign up for this meet. Uh, yeah. So it's weight class based. And then, um, your placement is based on where you place in your weight classes and then overall, mm-hmm. and it's based on like your total weight that you lift. like all of the, all three added together. Um, you have three attempts. So you usually, you have three attempts per lift. So you usually start out your, your opener, your first lift is a a weight that you've lifted before because you're only doing, it's a single rep. So it's like your best that you can do. All right. Of a single rep for each of those lifts. Yeah. So it's, completely different than running. You know, you get in a mindset of running and you're like, okay, I'm out here. I'm setting this pace. I'm going to be out here for, you know, an hour and a half and I'm going to keep going. And this is like mustering up every ounce of your strength to pick something up off the ground for one time, drop it down and you rest. And, and do you have multiple tries at it? Or is it like, this is what you're doing and this your best effort? The, for the meat, Yeah. So you get three attempts. Okay. You have three. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like your, your first one, you choose a weight you've probably lifted before so that you at least get that on the, on the board for like Mm -hmm. towards your total. Um, and then, you know, depending on for me with my first meet, I think we're going to play it pretty conservative just because I'm just going to experience it. I have never done one and it's going to be all new to me. Um, so I'm really excited to just be the complete noob. Who's probably going to like not listen appropriately and mess something up. I don't know. So it'll be fun. That sounds awesome. And it's really cool to always just kind of set new goals. I mean, everybody, if there's one thing, um, like you said it before, the older I get, the, the less I want to settle, the less I want to stay stagnant. Um, I want to do more. I've never run a marathon before and I'm trying to train for one. I don't know if it'll happen this fall because of the stress fracture, but yeah. Listen, have, my husband actually ran his first marathon um, when he was 38, because he's now 40. And um, now he wants to try and BQ. So ah, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's really, really fun to try something new. What, setting goals. <laughs> yeah. When did you start planning for that? Uh, so I, last year for the pandemic, as my like, I'll say distraction, but to have something to train for. I ran my first 50K um, oh. actually on my birthday, which was really fun. So I like trained through the summer for that and ran. And I was like, you know, it's time to, to 
do something different for a little bit. And it was like, it wasn't really a direct thought in so much as it was kind of this, this feeling like Mm -hmm. that was okay. That 50 K was fun. I proved to myself I can run over 30 miles noted. Okay. What do I want to do now? And I have wanted to try powerlifting. I have a couple of, of friends through the PT world and kind of outside of that, that do powerlifting. And I was like, I'm going to try that. So I found an online uh, powerlifting coach and I've been working with her uh, since September, actually. Um, and so it's been really fun to, to see that progress, you know, talking about like teaching strength training to my clients. Like I, my ass is humbled weekly <laughs> with training with a coach. And she's like, oh yeah, you got this. Here's, here's your weights for this week. Like, this is what you're going to do. And I'm like, you think I'm capable of that? Okay, we'll try. Yeah, and then you do? <laughs> yeah, and you're I like- mean, sometimes, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you fail epically and like drop the barbell back on the ground when you're trying to deadlift and you're like, you know what? Okay, this stuff happens. Yeah. And you reset and you try again. And that's, that's cool. I mean, you're like, make that a lesson in life or whatever. But I like doing things I'm bad at. So yeah, (laughs) I hear you. Like it's, it's, and this translates to so many things like this podcast. That's what I was saying, like the metaphor for life. (laughs) Yeah. This podcast, I'm not a broadcaster. And if you see me editing, (laughs) I pretty much write down the timestamp and then the next timestamp. And then I like plug it in and I'm like, this is what we're moving it takes me forever. So, but I enjoy doing it. I enjoy challenging myself. And again, going back to never remaining stagnant and facing everything without fear. Uh, You can't fear failure. Um, You just have to. I would venture to say you can face things with fear, but do it anyways. I, I prefer that. Yes. The physiological reaction like what happens in your body when you're afraid mm-hmm. is very similar to what happens in your body when you're really excited. Yeah. And so it's like being scared, that, so scared that you're going to poop your pants and doing it anyways. Yeah. 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 And, and going back to the whole empowerment thing, then you feel empowered. You were scared and you did it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so excited for you. That's just like so cool. When exactly is it? Because I want to just kind of stalk you from now until then. Of course. Yeah. I'm going to make, I'm probably going to make like, just like do an Instagram live or something when I do it. Uh, It is August 21st. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really exciting. Yeah. It'll be fun. (laughs) That's so like, I'm, I'm just mind blown, but the, I'm mind blown at the because I wasn't expecting that either. Um, I'm mind blown. I wasn't expecting like that. It was like, that was a transition. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> the, the shift in what you're doing is just really phenomenal. And I think that it will just continue making you an even better coach. That's, and, I, that's not, like new, learning new things. Absolutely. And whenever the season comes and you get back to running, I would be interested in how having gone through this because my assumption is that it's only going to strengthen your running. Um, yeah. So having put your body through this, how does that enhance your running? I would love to know more once you get back to running too. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't even track my runs right now. So I couldn't tell you 
I mean, and my, my neighborhood is super hilly, so it forever feels challenging. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're talking about what's next. I guess this is like a combination of form and focus and myself. Um, I am partnering with my Instagram friend, Laura, um, and we are hosting a retreat in September called Back of the Pack. Um, so it is a community that she and I are working on starting together, um, and it's geared towards those recreational athletes who are there for a good time and not there to like place first in every race they go on. Like we, we had just talked about, you see all these like running retreats that are put together by like elite or sub elite runners. And so the people that go on these retreats are the people who can consistently run six and seven minute miles for 20 miles and who can drop three grand on a retreat like it's no big deal. Um, and so we are, we put together back of the pack and um, I shouldn't say we, like she's allowed me to be part of this and we've been like masterminding this. So this was her like brainchild and I've just gotten to like jump on this with her and it is the most rad idea ever. And so I'm stoked to be a part of it. Um, but it is, it's for those that are just like back of the pack runners, back of the pack hikers and backpackers and lifters and all the things where it's, it's about having that good time. It's not about being the best at it. So yeah, we are, um, she just opened signups for that yesterday, um, for this retreat in August, it'll be in Bend, Oregon. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just, it's going to be really cool, but she is Laura, Laura Hall.co on Instagram. If you want to yeah. check her, her stuff out, but that's, yeah, that's, I guess the other piece of, of form and focus. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, and I'll include all of that in the, in the show notes too. So everybody can kind of just click and get to it easily enough. That's Absolutely. really cool. Okay. I love, I love that idea. Um, because the whole, this, this podcast too, I want to talk to people, you know, there's so many podcasts where they're talking to Olympians or, I mean, and their stories are amazing, but they're everywhere. I want to be able to celebrate people like me who just are doing it for the love of running, for the love of lifting, for the love of movement and fitness and what it does yeah. for you and those around you. So that's really yeah. cool. I raised my hand because I was like, yep, I'm back of the pack for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> that's me. That's yeah. really, really wonderful because it's true. I feel like um, my favorite thing about running is that the cost of entry is low put on a shirt, shorts, sneakers, go. But along the way, you can get so bogged down in pace and races and all of that kind of stuff that you forget to just take your headphones out and look at the scenery while you're just running, regardless of what your pace, take off your watch, yeah. just go. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate that. And I will definitely put information about that. I will put information about grit. I will put your Instagram. That way, when um, you have more stuff coming up, uh, people will be ready. And also so that we can all cheer you on August 21st. <laughs> Thanks. That's so exciting. So thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been really fun. I really, I've admired your energy for I think the, I think I started following you at the beginning of the pandemic and I've just really admired, um, your energy, what you put out there. And I think that, um, that if anybody wants to be able to combine lifting and running, that this is, you know, this is the place to start. Reach out. We can chat. <laughs> Thank you.
So Jess is up to so much, and I've included all the information mentioned in this episode about her ebook, her coaching info, and the upcoming running retreat in the show notes, so be sure to check all of it out. And as always, thank you for listening to Running on Optimism. Thank you.